in a world whose hosts cried out for a replacement to Thunderdome. Thunderdome! The Top Ten is proud to bring you The Realist. The Realist! Welcome, everybody, to the first official Realist on the new feed. Uh, this is the Top Ten Show Realist. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. What a wonderful time it's been, Matt, with these people coming over with us, following us onto the new feed, leaving the comments, telling us how excited they are to see the new stuff we got going on. Uh, and uh, it's nice to jump into a Realist on the new feed. It is. And to the people that uh, were surprised, well... We didn't tell you we were going to do this. We're kind of testing the feed. Right. Making sure you're getting it. If you're hearing this, like, uh, later on you see people uh, that said, oh, I found it on such and such, and you can't find it somewhere, hit us up yeah. on Twitter or somewhere or uh, email uh, top10podcast at gmail, all spelled out, and just yeah. let us know, and we can hopefully fine-tune it by the time Tuesday rolls around, yeah. and you can get it there. We're working on a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, that's coming up. Mm-hmm. We're talking with some of the fans uh, who have offered to help us, so we're kind of... Laying the groundwork down to figure out where where we want that uh, help to go, um, and also this is what they call in Vegas, at least from the Ocean's Eleven movies, a soft opening. Uh, this relist because this is ahead of our official grand opening of the new of the feed again on April second. Yes? Had you never heard the term soft opening? I've never before? in my life until I saw that movie. Really? Yeah. I'm not a Vegas guy. I'm not a it's not, it's not like casino a, guy. I'm from the East Coast. Yeah, but business, like uh, restaurants do that. They have soft opens. Do they? Yeah, to oh, test the menu, make sure people like it kind of interesting before they fully officially roll out. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I, you know. I, I just can't believe you never heard the term soft opening. I'm just a meat and potatoes guy. Where's the Taco Bell? That's the way I'm at. I don't know about soft opening restaurants or anything like that. I, it's, that's how I was back then. Now I know all about it. So you only ate fast food as a child through the age of, you're saying Ocean's Eleven. If my mom didn't make it, we ate fast food. That's it. But until what year? When was Ocean's Eleven? 90-something? Is that right? No, it's got to be early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. It has to be early 2000s. It's fine. Uh, Yeah, because before that, I'd been in the military, then right into Florida State. So So for 20-some-odd years, yeah, you'd never eaten anything... I've never been, been around restaurants. I've been to of- a restaurant, but not to a restaurant that was soft open. I've been to a restaurant that was already open. Okay. Like I grew up in a small town, Virginia, so to me, the restaurants in order were Denny's, IHOP, Bob I- Evans, yeah. Ruby Tuesdays, and an Applebee's. Oh, I'm, Chili's, too. Yeah, 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 I'm not fighting you on that. Because no, when no, I was no. a kid, I did the same thing. Yeah. It was just it was easier for my parents. Otherwise, my mom cooked. Yeah. It's way easier. Yeah. I totally get it. My parents, why, why take out three kids to steak dinner? That doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. No sense. They're going to want it, you know, medium well to well done. Yes. Just like, no, thank you. I'm not paying $30 (laughs) for you to turn that fucking steak into, you know, a goddamn charcoal briquette. Right. And then only eat four slices or four pieces of it. Oh, dude. I bought, uh, my wife and I bought for uh, Bernie Knapp, who loses the show. We bought so many filets at Costco for a birthday of his. Mm. And uh, uh, our cousin... She just looked at me, and I looked at her. I knew the answer, and I was like, you want this, like, super well done, don't you? <laughs> and she just was like, do you mind? And I'm like, no, but this is such a good cut of beef. They were such good steaks. 
Bernie himself said that could have been one of the best steaks he's ever had. Wow. They were, the, they were ex- at Costco. At Costco. Wow. I don't know if I'd ever get that lucky again. They were right. excellent steaks. You got to catch it at the right time. And just to look at her, and, and I put it on there forever. And they were super thick, mm-hmm. and it was still too much. I was like, you want me to put that back on? She tried <laughs> eating it, and you could see the look on her face. And she's just like, do you mind? And I'm like, no, that's fine. I'd rather you be happy. Right. Because I've already cooked like 12 steaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody else seems to enjoy theirs. I had to put like three back on because they were just a little too underdone. <laughs> but hers by underdone it was still medium well. Right. Like, I want this thing to be hard as a rock. Oh, that's what my, uh, <clears throat> until my girlfriend showed up, and there's no lie, I had my stuff medium well. Every single time. Why? I, no, I didn't. I, to me, that's how my mom cooked it. So that's it's going back to my mom and her cooking. This is how I understood steaks to be. I didn't know. If I saw blood or pink, I thought I'm going to get some kind of salmonella or whatever it is that you get on, from undercooked meat. And I was like, I, I'm going to get sick or something. And so I would like it to cook all the way because I didn't want to take a chance. Mm-hmm. But she was the one that was like, you are not because she's a chef. She's like, you, there's no fucking way, if we're going to stay together, that you were ever ordering a medium well steak. She's 100% right. Yeah, and she was 1,000%. Yeah, I had no idea, Dude. Matt, of what it's like to eat it the way she orders my steaks now. I don't order anymore. If I want steak or a burger or something like that and we're together, yeah. I go, babe, you know the meat here. You tell me, what, how should I get it? And then okay. she orders it for me. And I'm happy. with. I've never been unsatisfied with her order of it. But her mom apparently who's from up in Madeira, her mom apparently likes it to be a briquette. Like, this is a running joke oh, within so their gross. family that, like, you have to... She wants it burnt, like, black all the way mm-hmm. around. And that's mind-blowing to me. I've never wanted it like that. That's mind-blowing to me that she essentially wants, like you said, a charcoal briquette as it, a piece of meat. As a piece of meat. It just yeah. destroys all the flavor. Yeah, yeah. She, my mom likes it blue rare, which is just basically sear the sides. Holy shit. Yeah. What? And that's too... What? I like mine rare to medium rare somewhere in between those okay. two. Okay. Um, and hers is just... Sometimes it's excellent, but other times it's like, you're chewing on this forever. Yeah. It's just fucking forever. It becomes venison at that point. Not so much steak anymore. Like, it feels like venison where you're just gnawing on that shit for a long I time. like venison kind of since high school. <laughs> When was the last time you had venison? Uh, I think it was a few, two or three years ago. I was somewhere and it was on the menu. And I'd never okay. had it. I'd never had it. Okay. And I was like, oh, it's I got to try this. Yeah. If there's, there are two things I always try. Meat and pancakes. So whatever, wherever, you, wherever I go, if I stumble upon a situation, I will always try your pancakes. I will always try your meat if you're a new restaurant. That's basically it. Everything else... Yeah. So open instead of chicken and waffles, it's John meat and pancakes. <laughs> meat and pancakes is a great combo, let me tell you. I yeah. love that it's just any meat. It's indiscriminate yeah. and indescript. Just yeah. meat. <laughs> and, I, and I mean red meat. I don't mean chicken. I, don't mean, I mean red meat. I will try your okay. any red meat that you have uh, if I've never tried. Like, uh, what, are the, what, are the other, what are the other kinds of meat? A buffalo? I've tried buffalo. Yeah, I've had buffalo. Um, I've had just about anything that's ever offered. I'm the same way. I, right. I will try. There's only once it actually happened in Marrakesh where uh, sheep's cheek is a delicacy. Ooh. And we kept passing all these sheep's heads on stands. But the yeah. problem is it's like, I don't know. I love being adventurous. And we still ate yeah. from the same place. Sheep's head are two feet away. We had this goulashy stew that was awesome. Okay. But I don't know how they prepare it, and the sheep's head is just sitting out there in this fucking bazaar of thousands of people walking around, yeah. and no thank you. Yeah. But I've 
anything else. I've literally tried. You offer it. I've had rattlesnake. I've had every type of shark. Yeah, shark. Yeah, offered or possible Swordfish. ostrich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I've tried yeah. everything else. Yeah, and I think uh, Fuddruckers used to offer. Oh, really? What a buffalo, buffalo, and an ostrich. I think ostrich burger, and I'm, I think that's the first time I tried it there. Yeah, but um, yeah. I've had practically live squid. Ooh, yeah. wow! I don't think I've ever tried squid. I mean, calamari is what. Is that squid? squid? But like the what you said is live squid. I've never had that. It was yeah, it was dead. But right. It's one of those things where if you pour, if you ever seen the uh, clip online where if you pour uh, soy sauce over it, the sodium actually activates the nervous <laughs> system again a little bit, so it starts writhing around. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've had anywhere to close to that, but I've had pretty much. I mean, <laughs> freaky man. Uh, uh, yeah, you name yeah. it, I, I will try it at least once. If it yeah. sucks, it sucks. Yeah. Freshly scooped sea urchin, no problem. You know what's ironic, dude, is when you look at meat, like for her, I know we got to get jump on the relay here, but for her, like meat cooked, like medium or rare is the way to go. But pancakes, she likes thoroughly cooked, where I like pancakes just barely cooked, just enough. Okay. Not, not where you have the, the uh, batter coming out of the middle. No, no. Just cook it to the point where the batter just got flaky. Boom, you're done. Like, to me, you're done. So I like it to crumble as I eat it with the syrup. Okay. That drives her insane. Because, like, she likes the pancake to be fully cooked. And to me, it loses the bread aspect of it all when you pour the syrup on top. That's the kind of... So it's ironic that she likes this one way Uh, and the other, and I'm in reverse. I I stopped eating pancakes. Really? So long ago. Oh, my God. Now, back in my... Uh, the precursor to the build up to the, my fat mat days. <laughs> it's like a four year stretch where I was, I was heavy. This was the start of it. And I used yeah. to come home drunk all the time and make myself pancakes <laughs> at three in the morning. But then you got like that drunk Yikes. hunger eyes. Oh yeah. yeah it's yeah. so good. And so I have like five pancakes with all five. that syrup. Oh, you're drunk. Holy shit. You're drunk. You make way too much. I don't know if I, how often I finish yeah, it, yeah, yeah. but that's, you know, a couple nights a week. So on yeah. top of all the other sugar calories I had that evening, <laughs> now I'm packing on the butter plus straight syrup right, and right. everything else. Yeah. Uh, so I don't eat that anymore. That's one of my like, can't do <laughs> you it. You had to give it up. Can't do it. I do, I do one day a week of pancakes. One you, day? Yeah. Look, set it aside every week. Sunday or Saturday is usually the day of pancakes. Uh, <laughs> and... But pasta was my Sounds thing. Sounds like your Festivus. <laughs> That's right. That was, pasta, pasta was my thing. Pa, I, pasta's my other. Oh, pasta was the worst. I would make spaghetti and meatballs every other day. It was the worst. I made a meat the sauce. The worst. Uh, that it, I ate so much of it that it would put me into one of those Thanksgiving comas. <laughs> and I'd pass out on the couch. That was pure Fat Matt days. That was like right in the heart of Fat Matt days. I ate spaghetti like twice a week. <laughs> Yeah, man, I would do pasta, whatever. With like, pasta would be like rice to me. Like, well, I'll have a meat and pasta. I'll have chicken and pasta. I'll have like, it was just a default all the time. And, you know, eventually you realize, Jesus Christ, why can't I lose this weight? I'm working out so much. Oh, it's because you're eating so much motherfucking pasta. And it's, it was insane how much uh, that shit fucked me up in the early 2000s. Uh, anyway, uh, this week, we're, as I said, this is an episode of The Relist. And Matt and I, uh, you know what we do? Uh, we pick three patron. Uh, three members of our uh, three patrons of the show, rather, and they, one picks the uh, topic, the other two send their lists in, and just like the top ten show, Matt and I do not check each other's lists at all. So this is all a surprise, uh, and then we combine the list at the end. Uh, and as Matt likes to say, just because you send a list doesn't mean we won't make fun of your list. That's for true, sure. True, but 
on this one, um, I know one of the guys was like, my knowledge of this is somewhat incomplete. Oh. And it's just like, okay. You're okay. like, at least you know that you're not definitively coming in and saying the quick and the dead is the sixth best right, question ever. of all time. Right, right. Unwilling to waver in your opinion until you see more kind of shit and be like, all right. So I'm fine with that. If you do, they're like, I haven't seen it. Or if his list is like, it's missing three huge classics. Right, right, right. It's understandable. Maybe you're a young kid. Yeah. Or you just, you only got around to Westerns lately. Yeah, yeah. Because they aren't as big as they used to be. Um, Sadly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't have to agree with it, but we won't alter your lists. Yeah. When we combine at the end, we're not going to add anything. No. It is between the two of you. And the reason you guys didn't see a video up is um, uh, I just did a randomizer of all the people that <laughs> missed out on last week. <laughs> there were so many names there that you could actually randomize the five, six names, <laughs> get three more, still had one person bulk. Had oh. to do it again. Jesus. Uh, well, that's fine. The other, it's the same thing as Steve Martin. If you haven't seen enough, yeah, so be it. Yeah, I fair. fully understand. You're rather you than somebody fully committed to it. Yeah, yeah and you just like you're showing respect. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> so uh, Drew Inns got to pick the topic, and nice. he came out with westerns at us. Oh, and uh, it's never been done on the relist, obviously. Yeah, and the other two names were Josh Mabry and Claiborne Williams. Uh, they are submitting their list. You've got Clay's. I've got I Josh's. I have Clay's. And I think I started on the last one, so oh, okay. do you want yep. to start us off? Let's do it. Uh, oh, yeah. How do we do this, Matt? Do we do the five, the four? The, how, uh, how does the show work, Matt? No, It's the same as uh, regular top ten. I do okay. my bottom three. He does his or he does his bottom three. I do my bottom three. He does his next two. I do my next two. Then we trade one apiece once we've revealed our personal top ten list or these two individuals' top ten list. We create the shows between the two of us. Kaboom. All right. Claiborne Williams. He has a little preface, of course. Claiborne is a verbose guy. He says, a quick preface to explain why certain Westerns aren't on my list. In preparation for this list, I watched The Searchers for the first time. I liked the movie, but I came to the conclusion I'm not a big fan of Westerns pre-1960s. That's your problem, Clay. They always feel a bit hokey. That still doesn't take away some amazing filmmaking those films have. But without further ado, here is my list. Number 10, The Magnificent Seven from 1960. Hold uh, on one second. Yep. Ba-ba-bam. Not on here. Jesus Christ. Who is this guy again? I told you. I think he's coming in with the same heat saying, okay. I haven't seen all the classics yet. All right, all right. Fine. Look, I'm just happy we got two of the first three people we asked jumped yeah. on board with us. Yeah. I would think the outlaw would have a little more influence on our patrons to get them to watch Westerns, but maybe I need to work a little harder. All right, uh, number 10, he said, Magnificent Seven. I know this is very low for some people. Yeah, me. I think the movie's great. Don't get me wrong. I just don't find any specific character all that memorable or compelling. Jesus, Mary, mother of God. What are you talking about? Yul Brenner is incredible. Steve McQueen's incredible. You have Charles Bronson, James Colburn. What the fuck are you not ca- uh, connecting to? Yeah. It, uh, look, Yul Brenner to me as a kid was just the king and I. Yeah. That's all I knew him as. Mm-hmm. And then I think he had an ad when I was really younger about not smoking or some shit. <laughs> Which, ironically, he died of lung cancer. Yeah. Uh, Don't smoke the cigarette. But him and McQueen, it's just like, it's, this is too big. Yeah. Kind of cement your understanding of who these guys were. For McQueen, it's like this and Bullet and mm-hmm. uh, one or two others. Thomas Crown Affair, yeah. Yeah. And The Getaway. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I echo your sentiment. It's an, it's an excellent movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be higher on my list, but, you know, let's see what the rest of his list uh, has. <laughs> yeah. You know, Josh doesn't even have it. I know. What the hell, Josh? Uh, and uh, Elmer Bernstein did that iconic music. Uh, all right. Uh, number nine is The Hateful Eight from 2015. This is a purely biased. Oh, yeah. Sorry. One sec. No. Okay. 
This is a purely biased pick. Tarantino is my favorite director of all time, and I just love this movie. Walton Goggins should be a way bigger star. He never phones a performance in. I agree with that. Yeah. Walton's great. I think you just skip past the first 45 minutes where they're all getting to the cabin. Oh, Once okay. they're all inside, I think that movie is amazing. Yeah. It's just the getting there. Although you do miss out on, is the Sam Jackson uh, blowjob story? That is in the cabin. Yeah, 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 but it what because the characters are interacting as more are coming. Yeah. So is it once they're all fully there, or is it before the last of the people come? I think it's once they're all fully there because so that's I. the twist that begins the the change within okay. the movie. Yeah, uh, um, but I think you miss also the relationship between Kurt Russell and Jennifer Jason Lee on the trip. So for me, I think that's why the forty five minutes are essential to the movie, and I don't mind them is because you get some nice background with these characters. So when shit goes cuz if you cut those first 45 minutes, Kurt Russell's in the film for 10 minutes. Mm, and that that's true. A, that's a loss for me. And so you you go into the cabin and what happens happens, but laying the groundwork of these relationships are really important for once you get into the cabin. So but I get it. A lot of people have said they don't like the first 45. Uh all right, number 8 is the 2007 remake 310 to Yuma. That is a punt. Nice. All right. Um, all right. Starting off Josh's list. It says, hello, Mr. Nost and Mr. Rokoff. Full disclosure, I haven't seen a lot of the classic Westerns. Uh, I should have already, but alas, here we are. <laughs> I like that. So um, if I am missing an obvious Western masterpiece, that is why. At number 10, mm-hmm. he has the High Plains Drifter. Ooh, nice choice. Let me see it's- here. Uh, nope, not on this list. Nice choice. Yeah. I like uh, this one. Um, he says, for this, Clint Eastwood is back playing his stoic self. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drifter's action confused and irritated me until the ending, and then it took, or then I took an immediate 180 and said, oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, question, though, how do the townspeople not recognize him? Uh, because he is, a, he is a ghost. He is a vision. And whether he was there or not, yeah. who knows? He is the the spirit of the West. Yeah, he's the spirit of the West type of thing. Yeah, coming to seek, ven- coming to wreck vengeance on that town for the way they treated two good men or three good men in, in the uh, in the town. Yeah, no, it's a, including him. It's a damn good uh, Clint Eastwood, you know, Western only. That was the yeah. original idea for the show. Floated. What about Clint Eastwood westerns? Mm-hmm. And you and I both said that it's probably a little too narrow. Yeah. Um, there are ten. You yeah, can do. You 10. can do it. You be, but you better be well versed. Paint my wagon, wagon red, baby. <laughs> uh, I've only seen like ten minutes of that. Just one of the musical <laughs> numbers and something else. Ten's more than enough. Uh, yeah, just the fact that it existed. I was like, what? <laughs> just the ridiculousness. But yeah, there's there's definitely ten Eastwoods. High Plains is an excellent one. I mean, yeah. There's so many of his that we both and and everybody that likes westerns yeah. enjoys yeah. thoroughly. Hopefully, more of his make these uh, you know collective lists. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, number nine, he has Maverick. Oh, the Mel Gibson one? It has to be. Hold All on. All right. Not on this list. Okay. He says, I really enjoy the movie. My brother and I still go back and watch it. The ending was strange, and it seemed uh, like they really didn't know how to end it, but yes. it's one of the best TV show adaptations. Okay. All right. I'll give him that. Yeah. For a show that I knew nothing of until this movie came out, and then I found out that, oh, that was a TV show. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know it was a TV show before you saw the movie? No. Fascinating. Well, I mean, it was out, what, 20-some-odd years, maybe even 30-ish before I was born. Not 30-ish. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But it years. was on reruns. I had never seen it on oh, reruns. Oh, okay, okay. That's where I found it. But I'm not a big James Garner fan, so I wasn't a fan of that show anyway. Okay. Yeah, but I've only known him in movies. So the fact that he was in television to me was like, what? Oh, that, I guess that makes sense. So you, know? you Like, you mean Garner? 
Yeah. So you didn't even know about the Rockford Files. No. <laughs> I had heard of it, but I've never seen it to this day. Fascinating. Okay, okay. Well, I just don't see the point in going back for something that I know is just going to be, considering the peak TV we're at and we're used to. Oh, right. To try and sit down. It's different from going back for a movie. Maybe right. For me, it's nostalgia. For you, it would be to discover it again for the yeah. first time. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and a TV show, what? So I got to put in like three seasons to really get the gist of it? Right, right, right. Not going to happen. Yeah. Just not. Who has that kind of time? It, it, yeah. For something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's enough television, new television all the time, mm-hmm. that I'm only watching you know, a couple episodes and I make a decision. Yeah. Uh, all right. So number eight, he has uh, no country. Well, I guess we should say about Maverick. I think it's fine. Yeah, Maverick's fine. It's movie. fun. Yeah, it's it's to me, it's a forgettable western, but it's certainly a nice time in it. In if you want to watch it, yeah, good chemistry between Gibson and Glover with everybody's that little perfectly likable. Jodie Foster, yeah, all the, yeah. It's a simple poker scene that closes out that everybody can follow. Mm-hmm. Even though he acts like a big shot, but he got dealt that hand. Yeah, how much skill did that take when you got dealt the best hand in all of poker? Yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of. Undercuts it. Somebody pointed that out to me years later. I'm like, oh, yeah, I never thought about it before. Uh, it's probably past whenever poker was on television yeah. seven nights a week. Uh, but anyway, so number eight, No Country for Old Men. Oh, nice choice. Uh, not on this list. All right. He says, uh, when I was compiling my list, I forgot this is listed as a neo-Western. Thus, it's on my list. Mm. The, placing, uh, the pacing intention of this film uh, are magnificent. The way the Coen brothers set the mood of every scene is masterful. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I would agree with that. Yeah, there's nothing we can really uh, say. It's interesting <laughs> that it's classified as a neo-Western. It is. Yeah. I had never really thought of it in a Western scope before, though. Right. Did you? Uh, no, I've never. Uh, I know people call it a Western. I've never called it a Western because I don't think it has the necessarily the Western tenets. And so for me, it ha- I have a hard time calling it a Western. I think it's more of a, um, what do you call it? Uh, it it's set in the vibe of the West, but it's too current to be a Western for me. Okay. Too close enough in decades and current to, to be, a, be a genuine yeah, Western. To be a genuine West. Like to me, I think of Westerns in the past. I don't What if it was all Tommy Lee Jones as a sheriff on horseback trying to catch That's a Western. Rustlers. Okay. Yeah, that's a Western. But a Tommy Lee Jones you know, vehicle, that's not a Western. Well, I mean, he was on a horse. He was initially. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, but then he's driving from town to town. Uh, Everything's modern. There's a reason the impracticality of a horse eventually. Yeah. When compared to a car. People try to convince me the last picture show is a Western. I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, well, it's set in Texas. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's not a Western. It's not a Western. So then W is partially like, a Western. Exactly. Anything in Texas is a Western. So, yeah, it's the first thing I can think of. It was not a Western. Uh, what else, what else specific? What baseball movie is specifically set yeah, in Texas? Right, exactly. And suddenly that's a Western? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Geographical location. And then that nullifies all the Sergio Leone's because those are set in Italy. That's right. Good point. Yeah. Good, very good point. Uh, all right, that was your number eight? Uh, yes, that okay. was my eight. All right, I have number seven is uh, for, a, speaking of Sergio Leone, for a few dollars more. Uh, not on my list. Not on your list. Okay, 1965. This won't be the last time a Sergio Leone film pops up on this list. This is a hugely underrated movie. In my opinion, the Man with No Name trilogy gets better with each installment. Where were you when I messed this question up against... Uh, who was I playing? I was playing somebody. and I, Oh, Andrew Guy. And I said uh, that this... I, I said the other one, Fistful of Dollars, was the... Uh, or for a few dollars more, I thought was the first one. And then it's actually Fistful of Dollars that's the first one, then Feud for a Few Dollars More, and then Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Anyway, all right, there you go. Is it, so not on your list? Not on my list. Okay, all right. Good Western. Do you remember this one? Have you seen yeah. this one? Okay. 
You like it? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Number six. This is all practically another heat moment. It's close. <laughs> it's not quite because everybody listening is more than likely at least heard us talk about heat. Yeah. But go ahead. What do you got next? Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid from 1969. That is also called a punt. Wow, nice. Okay. Uh, all right, so seven mm-hmm. is Blazing Saddles. Nice choice. Not on this list, but Not nice list. choice. That is a Western. Uh, that is a Western. Mr. Uh, Mabry says, another Mel Brooks classic yes. that has stood the test of time. Agreed. Gene Wilder doesn't get enough credit for just how good he was. I t- who's underrating Gene Wilder? Yeah, yeah. Who's underrating? Maybe they're underrating him in that movie because Cleavon Little is the star of the yeah, film. Yeah, but I don't Gene think anybody. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was kind of a bold movie, but one, everyone is appreciative of that it was made. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't like it? It's fine. Okay. It's got a couple of jokes I like. Okay. Uh, it's, I got other jokes are just like I don't know this. Even as a kid, the fart scene it turned me off of that movie so entirely. Okay. You would think that would slay a kid. Mm-hmm. But it's just like really. Yeah. This you is want, the greatest comedy of all time. You wanted the highbrow comedy even back then. No, I wanted more of like uh, <laughs> I liked other aspects of it and interplay between some of the characters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the character interaction because. Sometimes the, the great you know, scenes that Mel uh, Brooks can come up with, just these people going back and forth, mm-hmm. it's so good. Every scene with Harvey Corman is incredible in yeah. that movie. He's so good. And Madeline Kahn as well. Really good in that movie. Um, but the, the toll booth, I don't... <laughs> right. See? To this day, it's still it's just like, Th- really? doesn't do anything for you. Nope. <laughs> it's over and over and over. There are other ones almost saying what they shouldn't be saying. Oh, right. Exactly. That's a good joke. Yeah. It's a good joke. Uh, yeah. It's a good one. I saw it uh, a few years ago at the TCM Festival in L.A. with Mel Brooks. He introduced it. And then he sat in the audience two rows ahead of us, who I was there with, to watch the film with us. So that was pretty cool. He left it about an hour in. But at least he sat with us to watch it. That was was mind-blowing to me to sit in the theater with Mel Brooks watching his film. Must be incredible. I know. How many times has he seen it? Has it been years? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Comes up every once and again, so he watches it. it. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, what's number six? Six is Tombstone. Tombstone. Not on this list, thank God. I mean, six is a little high. Six is, even but, being on the list is a little high. Well, I mean, in the all-time Westerns, n- <sighs> no. Yeah. But damn it if it's not fun. Look. Look, I know you don't like it. It's terrible. Uh, I ride with this movie. I know you do. I respect I that. I have zero problem with that. You and Ellis drive me insane. His love of Young Guns too, one of the crappiest Westerns ever, drives me insane. Yeah, and then I got you're, you're right. It's, it's not a good... Young Guns, def, I would defend Young Guns. And that, that young to Guns 2? I don't know. I never really got the leading man charisma from Emilio and Kiefer. Okay. Oh, you never bought them as leading men? No. Yeah, interesting. I think they're good. I mean, look, and I'm not taking away from it. They do a great job, like Kiefer with 24 and whatnot. Yeah. But in movies, it's tough for me. Like Lost Boys, you're a great villain, like a primary mm-hmm. kind of thing like that. Or Stand By Me. Yeah. Good villain too. As part of an ensemble, I think you have you bring an incredible presence and dynamic right. to it. But it's like a, a quiet intensity. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of tough from a leading man. Yeah. Uh, it can work. But so the Young Guns is never... Interesting. It's fine. Yeah. I enjoy it. I understand why people love it so much, mm-hmm. but it never really caught me the same way it did everybody else. I got you. Although I did like it for Lou Diamond. Yeah. Chavez y Chavez. He yeah. was great, man. I, wanted, I thought he would have a better career. Yeah, dude. It's mind-blowing to me that he didn't. Like, he's fantastic in La Bamba. You could argue you could have nominated him for La, for La Bamba, 
And then you see him in these smaller films that he tried to do to keep himself alive and relevant in the 90s and 80s. And you're like, why? Because nobody's offering anything Yeah, else. man. Even that Renegades film with him and Kiefer Sutherland, that's one of my quietly favorite 80s films. They have great chemistry. And I think they did it right after Young Guns. They have great chemistry figuring out uh, solving this crime through the movie. Okay. And, uh, and Young Guns, he's so good in that as well. And whenever I see him in anything, Lou never disappoints. You know, it's just no, a matter he never became the big star. He's in all kinds of schlock now. Yeah. Well, he does that. What's that? The Longmire. He was on Longmire, that show on oh. Netflix. He was on that for like a season or two, I think. Well, oh, which one was Longmire? Uh, it's the dude from The Matrix who plays one of the heavies with Hugo Weaving, the bigger boxier dude. Katie Sackhoff is in the show. Yeah, her I know. Yeah, it was on Netflix. It was on one of the channels that it moved to Netflix and got seasons afterwards okay. yeah i have not seen it yeah yeah i was thinking of that one that's the uh oh son of it ron uh, livingston what show is that where he's a leads an alcoholics anonymous meeting or something like that oh. he's got all these characters brian regan is one of the characters oh shit no, the side actors seen this. okay uh saw one it's it's something because then there's also that baseball pitcher one with hank azaria that one's funny that's very funny that yeah. that opening pilot yeah. It's been a while since I've laughed that hard. It, it's yeah. just a fucking, I mean, any just single, you know, episode of television. Right. It's got so, so many good dark jokes. Huh. Uh, there's that one, but then the other one with Livingston, the guy from Office Space, Band of Brothers. Yeah, yeah. All that jazz. And uh, what is that called? I'll look right it up. Here. This is, this is uh, you know, like people always say riveting radio. I know. But it's going to drive me nuts. Louder Milk? Louder Milk. Yeah. You said Longmire. I was like, oh, right. shit, there's one fucking close to that. Louder, I've only seen season one. Is it good? It's all right. Okay. It's all right. It's got real potential. Oh, well, Sasso's in this? Okay. Yeah. Right. Is his recovering alcoholic friend as well. Interesting. All right. I think I'm right with the Longmire thing. I think that's what it was called. Because what's the one that Hank Azaria does is like the sportscaster. Yeah, but isn't it something Meyer? Brockmeyer. Isn't it Brockmeyer? Brock there Brockmeyer, you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one, Robert. Yeah, Lou Diamond. He was on for 63 episodes. So I guess he was on for the whole show. He's the third guy listed in the cast. So there you go. Uh, all right, where were we? Um, oh, yeah, Tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone. So it says, I know, I know. You all can't stand this movie. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? He just thinks it's me. But I just really like it. Is it over the top? Sure. Sure. Now, I'm agreeing with that. I would say that. Is it yeah. over the top? Come on. Yep. What are we talking about? I mean, come on. Um, does Kurt Russell and Dana Delaney have zero chemistry? It's like this guy's inside my brain. <laughs> of course. <laughs> does uh, Val Kilmer's performance still give me goosebumps? Damn right. Okay. 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 Yeah. Kilmer's great in the movie. He's the only reason to watch the movie. Oh, no way. No way. Powers Booth is dope in it. Oh. Kurt Russell is dope in it. Uh, You're insane. Michael Bean is dope in it. Michael Bean? Okay. Um, there's, there's some damn good performances in there. Well, Billy Bob. Fat Billy Bob. Fat Billy Bob. Yeah. You were standing there, you're just going to bleed. Hey, Doc, <laughs> I didn't know you were back in town. Oh, are you still there? It was so good. So good. That movie's yeah. excellent. It's a pulp western Thoroughly a pulp western, a hundred percent. You got to like it or not like it. Uh, but it's 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 playing up. It's a caricature of what an old west movie, right? Is. And if you like Tombstone and hate Arbengeddon, you can get on your knees and suck my dick. I'll just tell you that right now. Well, that seems a little excessive, but I guess I'll. 
mirror that back to you because if you hate this and like Armageddon, then what the fuck are you talking about? At least this sticks to the reality it creates. What? Armageddon violates it left and right. Like, none of this makes any sense. So many questions <laughs> left and right. Well, oh, Stephen Lang, he's another one that's in Tombstone. He's the guy. He yep. plays uh, whatever his name is. Clanton. Uh, Clanton. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And it's unrecognizable until someone told me that years yeah. later. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. The whole thing is full of character actors. It is. It's excellent. Yeah. Like, it's well acted top to bottom. Well, I wouldn't say that, but all right. Uh, the dude that played Lowell on Wings? Yeah. What was he doing in a Western? Uh, Thomas Hayden Church? The dude that was on, what was it? It wasn't Northern Exposure. He was Northern Exposure, and then he was on Sex and the City. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, tall dude. I want to say he's Canadian. Oh, okay. I don't remember that guy. You do. Billy Zane's in it. Billy Zane is in it. Yeah. Over the top, Michael Priestley. Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a little, I don't know, he just doesn't oh, seem you mean like Jason Pri- you mean Jason, Jason Priestley. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like he fits in the time period. Who's the tall guy in what now? In. Okay. I want to say he was like the second male lead, so to speak, in Northern Exposure. Oh. So it was, what's his name from Numbers and then his, his female counterpart? And it yeah, was like Janine the Turner. other main dude in town. Oh. And then later on, he was on Sex in the City. He was in my big, big fat Greek wedding. Who did he play? Oh, John something? Fucking, I don't know. John Corbett? Yes. Oh, he's in Tombstone? Yeah, I believe so. I don't, I don't remember him in Tombstone. I thought he had a bit part as one of the, like, the background. I could be wrong. I don't remember. I know Charlton Heston's in that damn thing. Yes, he is. You can stay at my place, but then you gotta go. It's fantastic. Thank you. you. Can, if you're going to use... Charlton Heston, bring him back to life, reanimate him for that line. Good for you. Um, full cast, give I, it to me. I feel like he's not in it, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Michael Rooker? Michael Rooker is in it, yes. Billy Bob, we got that. Yep. John oh, Paula Burke. Malcolmson's in it. That's right. John Corbett. Boom. Is he in there? He's Barnes. Barnes. He's like one of the there other. There he is. Yeah. You're right. Wow. And then you haven't even gotten to the brothers in there. No. Right. With Sam Elliott. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Bill, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Awesome. Yeah, true, true, true. Terry O'Quinn is in it. Mayor John Clum. Wow. Frank Stallone's in this shit as one of the gamblers. I remember that. Come on. You can't say something's up. Oh, and then Robert Mitchum does the... Once again, this isn't an Oscar-winning film. This is... <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. All right, where are we at? We got we to gotta get on this. Uh, year five. Uh, True Grit, the 2010 remake. That is my number four. Okay, good movie, man. Really good movie, a lot of fun. Uh, it's one of those rare movies that I have on my computer to watch at any time that I want to mm. watch it. Okay. Uh, I enjoy Jeff Bridges' performances a lot. Haley Stanfield's fantastic, and so is Matt Damon. Yeah, um, Josh Brolin's good. Yeah, Brolin's great. The direction is incredible from the Coens. Uh, and this is a film that kind of gets lost when people talk about the Coens. They're like, oh, this, oh, Raising Arizona, oh, Fargo, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, true grit, son. True grit, son. Well, it gets overshadowed by No Country. Right. Because it's a more serious whatever film. Yeah, know? yeah. But I uh, think True Grit is a fantastic Western. It is. Yeah. What, does he say anything about it? Nope, not a thing. All right. Uh, Josh says... Um, I will just put both films in one place. Oh. I do prefer the newer one over the original, yes. but you can't go wrong with either. It is my favorite John Wayne performance. I also knew Haley Stanfield, or pardon me, Steinfeld, um, was here to stay after watching the Coen Brothers version. Mm-hmm. Who knew a 16-year-old could upstage the dude? Yeah, well. Yeah, she's 
I mean, so much confidence in every scene. Mm-hmm. I wish she'd do something like this again. Like, she's good in Bumblebee. She's good in that uh, Edge of 13 yeah. film. But this was like, boom, But man. this is, in essence, like, akin to uh, uh, artist like Taylor Swift coming out with a country album, but then realizing, I need to make a pop album yeah. to have long-term longevity within the overall culture. That's true. That's so true. make a couple of Bumblebees. <laughs> raise your profile even more and then you'll still get offered because we all know you have the chops yeah she definitely has the chops so you'll get offered these huge meaty roles and be like she's mm-hmm. great and she's a box office lore plus she's got pop hits now she sings she's got like three or four yeah up, really no no joke bro that's how that's how you know out of it I am with <laughs> with what's going on with the kids nowadays oh just music in general it is fully like I don't pay attention anymore because everything I listen to just doesn't yeah grab me whatever percolates up to my level she's in that pseudo EDM camp okay. that where the DJs have come to her and she sings over their music. Okay. Yeah. So, it, but there, she's like what Bieber got re, you know, revitalized doing that kind of shit. She's had three or four top 40 hits. So, um, yeah, there you go. Fantastic. Almost slid in the Casey case with three or four top 40 hits. Uh, all right. Anything else for that one? Nope. Okay. My five is Rango. <laughs> oh, nice choice. Excellent that choice. That is a fucking Western. Excellent choice. Even though it's animated, that's a Western. Oh, no. It's, that is, look, they bring the spirit of West back to life. Yep. Guess who it is? It's old Clint. It's old Clint. Timothy uh, Oliphant doing the voice, but old Clint. It's, it's a fantastic. I, that movie is pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I've given it to numerous people. Like, look, if you've never seen this, even if you don't really like animation, the story is so excellent in this. Yeah. The jokes are really solid and it's fun. The animation's excellent. The pacing's great. Like, it's a good story. I mean, everything about it, top to bottom. Yeah. You'll enjoy it. Trust me. Um, from Josh, it says, this is my favorite best animated film I've ever seen. Wow. From the writing to the animation to the character development to even the callback to Fear and Loathing. Very true. Mm -hmm. I was blown away by this movie. It's con man lizard who wants to be an actor and becomes sheriff who falls uphill the entire movie. <laughs> How can you not love that? I wouldn't say he's a con man. He's an actor. Yeah. An actor's job is to con the world into believing there's something that they're not. That's right. So confidence men and actors. I'm sure there's been some uh, bleed over the, you know, the years. Every great actor says, I, I'm always afraid of getting found out. True. Yeah. So yeah. that means you, you sense that in some way you're a bit of a con. Yeah. Yeah. And then we begin to assume if you just play the same role every time, maybe you are that. Yeah. Even though we've never met you, don't know anything about you. <laughs> right. So what you always hear about like villains, like, dude, nicest guy you've ever met. Yeah. But they just consistently play villains. <laughs> They're just so good at it's it. It's interesting. <laughs> you just tap into that evil so easily. <laughs> good for you. Uh, all right. Which one was that one? That was my five. What's your four? Uh, let me pull it up here. All right. Number four is Once Upon a Time in the West. Not on my list. Okay. From 1968. The use of the harmonica throughout the entire movie is legendary. Great point, Claiborne. Yeah, if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in the West, it's also a Sergio Leone film, but without Clint Eastwood. It's the first time Henry Fonda played a villain in his entire career. Uh, He is steely-eyed in color with those blue eyes of his as he guns down a family uh, of kids and the wife, too, the the mother. Mm-hmm. It's incredible how evil he is throughout the movie. Charles Bronson is incredible. That opening scene that is super silent uh, and depends on the harm, uh, except for the harmonica, is very reminiscent to what I think, and I think Tarantino is doing homage to it in the battle between uh, the bride and Oranishi when they get to the snow area past the, uh, uh, mm-hmm. the crazy 88s area. Yeah. Um, so that, and, and it's a long one. It's a long one, but it's yeah, no, very it's super, satisfactory. satisfactory. Anytime you see Once Upon a, 
for yeah. the movie title. I just assume, what, what are we talking, three minimum? <laughs> yeah, three hours. Minimum? That's what should be Avengers Once Upon an Endgame. It should be that. <laughs> that to me is earned, though. 22 movies, it should be earned. Exactly. Whereas if you look at it, uh, you know, Once Upon a Time in the context of maybe it is that for all Westerns. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's more than 22. You've got, you know, quite a bit of time to, to, to delve back into. Yep. It's not quite the same thing, but... <laughs> Um, uh, okay. All right. So that was your four. four? Yep. What's your three? Unforgiven. That is not on my list. What? I know. Are you talking about? You really, Josh, if you haven't seen that and that's part of the list, that should be your number one next yeah. Western to watch. Yeah, Josh. Tell us what Clay's got. He's got nothing except he just put it there at three. Good for Clay. I guess so. It's he a stand me, on its own. He, they both mess- messaged, but Clay was like, hey, do you want an explanation for each? And I was like, don't have to. Yeah. You do you. If you want to, go ahead. If you yeah. don't, you don't have to. Uh, we just ask that it's not a blog entry for each one. <laughs> yeah. That's true, it. True. But, I mean, if you want to punctuate it like Josh is doing, yeah. you know, two, three sentences for everyone, sure. Don't Silvestrini it. She likes to put, like, four paragraphs per, to- per choice. Just kidding, Rachel. All right. Um, so then what's your number three? Well, you know, what does he say about it? Oh, nothing. That's right. That's uh, nothing. Yeah. Great film. Josh, please see it. Yeah. If, if anybody listening to this has any interest in Westerns, I wouldn't say start with this one because it's such a deconstruction it of is. Westerns. It is. That maybe you should watch it after you've watched a few to kind of get the general gist of how a Western goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is early anti-hero stuff. I'm always confused by people who don't like Westerns. I'm very confused by it. It's, 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 um, it's the only American genre ever created, the Western. And so it's, it's mind-blowing to me that people don't, as Americans, that people don't feel this inclination to watch these films or get deep into the Western genre. It's just fascinating to me. How is Mormonism not taken off? You know, that's an American religion. <laughs> Wait a fucking minute. I thought about that for a while. One day I was like, shouldn't they be selling that as the most patriotic thing is well, to believe in American Jesus? The golden pants are not easy to accept. Man. Just saying. <laughs> or underwear, whatever it is. It's, uh, the only religion that's ever been accepted and created in this country. That's yeah, true. And for any Mormons listening, I Paul, I'm just making a joke. Don't I respect your religion. Don't, yeah. don't at me. Uh, not at all. Not yeah. at all. To each their own. Exactly. Believe what you uh, you know choose to believe. Yeah. Fantasies are fantasies. Whatever you want to believe. What's the number two? Well, now you're inviting. What did I say? Yeah, you know damn well. But <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm technically, joking. on some level, you're uh, insulting. Everybody. I believe in God. Uh, let's move on. All right, number two. Uh, my number three is Django. And oh, Jane. sorry. No, uh, and that's my number two. Sorry. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Go ahead. Um, what is he, what it is says, it? obvious controversy aside, this movie is amazing. It is my favorite of the Tarantino films. Mm. Wow. Why DiCaprio didn't even get nominated is beyond me. Uh, it's brutal and unforgiving, and that's Tarantino for you. Mm-hmm. Still can't watch the dog scene, though. Uh, okay. I should own that movie. I don't know why I don't own that movie. I don't know what it is about it that I don't 100% want to own it. It's the truth, man. It's, this goes for all Tarantino films. For whatever reason, the only one I ever really want to own is Reservoir and Kill Bill. That's pretty much it, I mm. think. Well, the thing is, Pulp Fiction's going to be on. Yeah, it's always on. So yeah. you don't have to own that right. if you really don't want I to. I saw it the other day for like an hour. I sat there watching yeah. it for an hour. And I'm sure if it's not straight on, then you can find it on demand on any one of right. you know, two or three different services. Yeah. Uh, it's out there. Um, I mean, Reservoir is my favorite. Yeah. Then after that... It gets interesting what specifically, if I had to own, yeah. what I would and would not. I'd never buy Jackie Brown. Nope. Even though it was, I enjoyed it when I watched it. It's a great character dialogue yeah. piece, but would never own it. I don't need to go back for that one. Right. Kill Bill, I wouldn't own. Okay. I love Kill Bill. 
uh, as a whole. I say Kill Bill. I mean Volume One and Two because to me they're not two separate fucking movies. They're one movie. Yeah, I like Django. I yeah. liked. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's Glorious off. Bastards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, you know, but I wouldn't own English. That's one I definitely would own. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at the year that this was when uh, Di- DiCaprio to get nominated to see who 2012, did. 2012. Yeah, but do you remember who the nominees were along with him? No, them? I don't. Um, oh, here. Well, there's no point, man. Well, this okay. show's already gone pretty know, damn it has long. Pretty long. All right. Um, Clay wrote, is Django a better made film than Unforgiven? Of course not. Do I personally love Django more? Yep. Again, I have a Tarantino bias, but also this movie is pitch perfect to me. I completely understand if you're ripping into my list for this order. I don't blame you. Hopefully, I can win you both back with my number one. All right. There we go. Cool. What's your number two? Two is a punt from earlier. 310 to Yuma remake. Wow. Number two. two. Uh, to me, it's the best modern-day Western. I just really like the story of this film, okay. and you really felt for Bale's character, who is in a lose-lose situation. Sure. True? Certainly. Uh, I know you, have all, you all have talked about this one a bunch, so I will leave you with this question. Where is this Ben Foster? He is deserving of a large role these days. <laughs> ben, uh, if you he, want... He yeah, works pretty steadily. He does. He just works in smaller films. Uh, and maybe that's his inclination. Um, Look, Leave No Trace was in the discussion this year. Leave No Trace is fantastic. Um, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen Leave No Trace, you should definitely uh, you get that. find it and watch it. The Lance it. Armstrong movie was good. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's in Hell or High Water. He was right? good in that. Good in that. Like, he's always in... He's in the finest hours in a small part. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, but he's the kind of guy that's not going to be your lead. He's not. He doesn't, he doesn't have that thing that people look for in a lead. Ben is a tortured soul yeah, in maybe, all his characters. Maybe it's another Kiefer thing where yeah, you have this maybe. intensity that works well in an ensemble. Right. Or a tete-a-tete. Yeah. Although he was, I liked him as Lance Armstrong. Yeah. I mean, I found that compelling. Yeah, but again, a troubled figure. That's what he's good at doing. Yeah. Right. But there's plenty of those in movies, especially Oscar-winning roles. There's yeah, plenty good point. of those. Good point. But you're not going to find him doing Tom Cruise shit. That's for sure about Ben Foster. No. Yeah. It's not his, it's not his game. Yeah, but I mean, everybody's, everybody's different. Yeah. Um, Thank God. True. Uh, all right. What's your... What's your number one? Uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Okay. Oh, not on the list. Not on the list. For God's sakes. Uh, you need to see that as well, Josh. You really do, Josh. Ennio Morricone's score alone makes this movie one of the greats. Yeah, sure. But also the incredible performances from Clint Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef, and Eli Wallach. Also, the scope of this one is incredible for a Western. Whoever thought you could do a three-hour Western, and Sergio did two of them with Once Upon a Time in the West and The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and they both work in different ways. Yeah. Uh, and this one even finds a way to make a social commentary about war. And the Civil War specifically, that's um, overwhelming and unsettling, that sequence in the middle of the movie. So it's a fantastic film overall. It's Simply, it's just three dudes going after some gold. Yeah. But overall. It's a story about greed. Yeah. But overall, each of these dudes oops, has an interesting subplot through the movie that explores their goodness, badness, or ugliness. Um. Yeah, and the, the the sojourn to the Civil War, it gives you the context of, look, these guys might all be pretty terrible, mm. but look what's going on beside them. This is, look at all this death yeah. and destruction um, that they're not part of. Maybe they're, they already fought and they're out, or mm-hmm. 
for moral reasons. They didn't want to get in or they're just basically out for themselves only and evaded that at all costs. Who knows? But it, it just gives a reality to the Western. Yeah. It gives us stakes that we understand. What? Um, What do you got? Number one is another punt from earlier, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Good choice. What did he say about it? Oh, uh, let's see what he says about Butch Cassidy. And what did he say about 310? He didn't say was... anything about 310. Okay. Butch Cassidy didn't say anything about Butch Cassidy. Okay. We just put it at number six. Uh, Josh said, uh, what else can be said about this movie? Honestly, even though it's my number one, I really don't need to say anything. It's just Paul Newman and Robert Redford owning the West and the film screen for 110 minutes. True. True. Mm-hmm. Also a neo-Western. He, okay. Yeah. Why would you call it? A well, because there the, some of these interactions in the film are anachronistic, and they show some of the possibilities of what actually happened with these legendary guys. They're deconstructing the myths of Butch Cassidy and Sundance okay. Kid, and and that's what I mean. Like that's the idea that they would, you know, like oh, the fall will kill you. Those kinds of things. You know, it's just this kind of undercutting of what we thought this more epic heroic dialogue that would be happening in the western this is more of the uh so you want realistic be, yeah you want to be more of the cliche as opposed to something grounded in reality well i would never say john wayne is cliche but that's what you expect from westerns and I'm, i feel like this one was the beginning because it was the 70s or 69 it's that beginning of destroying the myths that deconstruction yeah. of the myths and that's why i think it's a new but i also like the the realness of the moment of making a joke to trying to diffuse the fear that you have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it makes you someone I could understand being next to, as opposed to a John Wayneian character is like, make sure you punch the water <laughs> exactly when you land to show it who's boss. But type that's of thing. the point. That's why you deconstruct a myth because you're tired of seeing yeah. The same but it thing. doesn't make it a neo western to me. I guess you don't think so. Level. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I just think it's part of the scope. Okay. Huh? What do I know though? I don't. I don't create the genres and define them. <laughs> what do you, you do for yourself. For myself. Yeah. But whatever the general accepted theory is. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I've never looked up the f- actual definition of a neo-Western. Oh, that could be a fun conversation. Could it now? Oh, <laughs> all right. Let's put this thing together. Uh, all right. Um, ah, fuck sticks. I didn't bring the bongos. Anyway. You didn't bring them? Again. All right. I can... Yeah, they in that same drawer. Yeah, I'll, I'll get, get it. it. Oh yeah, all right, you sure? All right. Well, listen. Thanks everybody who has uh, uh, come over with us, or who's going to come over with us if you haven't already. And you, but if you're hearing this, you have. So thanks for coming over onto the feed. Remember that we are doing two shows live in Chicago. Reggie'sLive.com. If you're still on the fence about getting the tickets, Matt and I both booked our trip, so we're going to Chicago. Um, I don't know if we'll be at the Schmodown, but we'll certainly be there Thursday night for our shows at Reggie'sLive.com. Seven o'clock, I think a seven o'clock show and a nine o'clock show. Six thirty doors open, I think, something like that. Um, but go take a look uh, and come watch us. And there'll be two different lists um, for the show. One uh, for the is it a seven o'clock show, Matt? Yeah, seven and ten. Seven and ten. So a seven o'clock show and then a ten o'clock show. They'll be about two hours each, probably, which we're going to be gassed by the time we get home. Uh, but that's going to be the situation. Oh, 90 minute window. There we go. Yeah, on each show. Okay. So there will be 90 minute shows because we're banging out two. But that being said, like 40% of the crowd bought those two, day, or two show tickets. Right. Pretty much within the first week. Which was incredible. So you guys are getting, you know, at least three hours of entertainment that Yeah. Day. At it's a not discounted bad. price. Yeah. Well, you know, 
Yeah. We want to reward your love. That's yeah. all. Wait till we go to $100 a ticket down the road. Uh, 100 a ticket. Okay. <laughs> we're going to be having shows for a much more select crowd. Well, if we're going to do that, we'll just make it like 2000 and we'll just do a show for one dude. That's, I like this idea. Just one, show up at his house. One patron. Not a problem. Two grand for a light. It's got to be in L.A. Because if we got to fly and get Oof. hotels and all that, then, you know, we're not. I will feel like such a whore. All right. Uh, what, what are you talking about? We're, we're utterly whores. How is. <laughs> you're just discovering that now? Uh, all right. Let's do this. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I can't put the good, bad, ugly number one because you don't have it on your list. But Django is on both of our lists kind of high up. Oh, you're, you're writing, right? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Django is my three-year what? Two. And where do you have Butch in 310? Six. Butch is six? And 310 yeah, is eight. Django would be number one. Yeah, Django Unchained. Okay. All right, what next? Well, we got Butch at one six. Where do you have True Grit? Five. I have that at four. Okay. I would say one six trumps, uh-huh. you know, five, four, four, So True five. Grit? No, Butch Cassidy. Oh, sorry, then Butch Cassidy. True Grit, okay. True Grit rather. Okay. Okay. Uh, don't have, don't have, don't have. We only have, I think, one other in common. Three ten to Yuma. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Unforgive is not in Jang. Okay, good, the bad. Okay. So I would say good, the bad, then next. Okay. After True Grit. No, I thought you put True Grit then three ten since we have those in common. Oh, and then okay. We start so three ten to, to Yuma there. Okay. I, I'm. It's fine. All right. So then, good, bad, mm-hmm. unforgiven. Okay. Okay. What's your next highest? Uh, once upon a time in the West, at number four. Uh, yeah, that would go there. Okay. Okay. Well, how many we got left? Uh, three. My five is Rango. Oh, I'll put that on there. Fuck yeah. I love that movie. All right. Uh, so I had Good, the Bad, the Ugly, Django and Jan, Unforgiven, Once Upon a Time in the West, True Grit, Butch Cassidy. So all my top six are out. Oh, baby. What's that mean? Tombstone is next. Son of a bitch. Oh, doctor. <laughs> this seems like a more apropos place uh, yeah, for Tombstone. I agree. I agree. It's going to land on a list. <laughs> if it's going to land on a list. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, ten-ish. All right. So what do you, what's your next one, highest? Is a seven, which would be yours, right? For a few dollars more, yeah, that's what I have. It's that versus Blazing Saddles. I would say for a few a few okay. dollars more. I'll take that. All right, let's do this thing. The top ten westerns on the relist, yeah, the relist. And number ten for a few dollars more. And number nine, Tombstone. Number eight, Rango. At seven. Once upon a time in the West. Coming in in the number six spot. Unforgiven. Rounding out our top five is. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And number four. 310 to Yuma. Ooh, the countdown starting with number three is. <laughs> True Grit. In the second to last spot. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And finally, our number one Western on the Reelers. Django Unchained. Boom. Boom. There you go. Good list of movies. If you haven't seen any of those, you should definitely watch some of those westerns. You'll enjoy them. This has been a long show. Matt, this has been a long show. Yeah, I know. 
We got we jibber jabbered. We did. We did like crazy. Um, we still I, got more jibber jabber to do. do, we, do we, all right, let me finish up here. Uh, Claiborne says, as always, keep up the amazing work. Hopefully, one of these days I'll be able to come to a live show to meet you both. Until then, fellas, keep kicking ass. Is he not coming to Chicago? I guess not. Okay. P.S. Outlaw, I'm rooting for you, and I believe in you. Keep going for those belts. I know you're the best of all time, but make sure everyone else knows by beating anyone who gets in your way. Horseman! Thank you, Clay. I appreciate that very much. Um, all right. Josh Mabry says, thank you so much for this opportunity to do the relist again. Um, love what you guys are doing and hope to get to a live show ASAP. Now I'm off to watch The Searchers, Stagecoach, Unforgiven, and Shane for starters. Ooh, Shane's a good choice. Top 10 Boumaye. Nice. Josh Mabry. <laughs> And then, uh, that's right. And then, uh, Drew ends just oh. said, uh, basically thanks for, for letting me be a part of it. Yeah. And, uh, I love supporting the show. Well, thanks Drew. So thanks to all three of you. If you guys want to, to be a part of the relist or we have, uh, other ideas uh, coming up for the, the changeover to a new feed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we just came up with one today. Yes. We're going to be, it's going to be up for Patreon only. Um, that's, you go to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. Hit us up there. Uh, you can support the show, all kinds of different tiers, pick a topic, uh, you get the old shows, plus you get to be on the relist, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all kinds of different stuff, plus a shout-out at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, like John said, uh, the 11th, Chicago, two shows, 7 and 10. We don't have many tickets left for either show. Wow. We're getting close. Nice. Yeah. Uh, slowly but surely, we will get there. We will get there. <laughs> and... Uh, we're good to go there. Don't forget Tuesday to tune into the uh, the new show if you didn't find us right. on uh, you know your channel right there. But to those of you that that are listening from Tuesday when you just found out about the channel, bam, we got this shit on there too. That's right. Uh, and that is it. Hey, if you want to follow Matt Nost, follow him at yep. Matt Nost. Follow me at the Roca says. And if you want to take part in these relists as we go forward, go to www.patreon.com. Slash the top 10, the number 10 there. See all the tiers we have and the benefits you get from that. And we will be adding to that. Now that we've moved to our new feed, we will be adding to those tiers in terms of like benefits and things of that nature. There will be more stuff coming down the road. So thanks for jumping with us. We are going to take care of you. Don't you fucking sweat it. Uh, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, we'll be reaching out to a bunch of different uh, one of you. We're yep. creating more groups for cities coming up uh, that we would, you know, there's been some demand. So. Yes. Find us on Facebook. It'll be you can find it off the main page, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the top ten show with the number ten. And you can find all the listening for the different cities or email us at the top ten live. Uh, with the number ten. Man. The top ten live at Gmail. In the subject line, put the city, and then in the, the actual body, just give us your name, how many you come with. Yeah. We can start logging you know, all the different cities. But there's been nice demand from Houston slash San Antonio, uh, Toronto, and New York, the yeah. three cities we primarily ask for. So keep them coming from those areas. Right. If you want to see a show, we will come your way. Uh, we'll have more announcements on Tuesday's show. So uh, tune in there. Yep. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relist. We'll talk to you next time. Relist! Relist!